Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of the Six Figure Investor Podcast. Today, it's just me, Brian, talking. I wanted to do this episode because of all the news that broke yesterday around the student loan forgiveness announcement from the Biden administration, what that's going to mean for clients, for student loan borrowers. I've gotten a lot of questions about that in the last 24 hours or so, and then also what it means just generally for the economy and college and for those that are thinking about saving long-term for college. So we're going to cover both of those topics in this special episode. We're going to call it a special episode and not a bonus because I'm not really sure if it's a bonus episode and it's definitely not an emergency episode so if you have any ideas on what we should title these then then you can send those our way but for now it's going to be a special episode on the student loan forgiveness announcement from the biden administration yesterday Hello, and welcome to the Six Figure Investor Podcast. Are you a professional who wants straightforward, trustworthy financial strategies that you can act on? Are you entering your highest income earning years and discovering that your personal finances are becoming too complex? We get it. You're a highly competent professional, but you don't have time to go deep on your personal finances the way you do with your day job. Hi, I'm Brian, and helping professionals make smart financial decisions is my passion. I run a financial advisory practice called The Capital Stewards and work with professionals like you who are trying to cut through the noise. It's time to stop Googling every question you have about money and dive into some real professional guidance. So let's get moving. All right, so let's dive in on the announcement from President Biden yesterday. What the White House announced yesterday was a plan to forgive $10,000 in student loan debt for most borrowers. That number goes up to $20,000 for a smaller number of Pell Grant recipients. I think for most of our listeners, that won't be applicable. Those Pell Grants are really targeted at supporting low-income college students when they're in college. So for most of our clients and our, our friends and our listeners, that $10,000 is going to be the, the place where they will where they'll start. It's also notable that that applies to students and parents. And so if, if you're a parent out there and you've got loans that you took out to send your kids to school, then you will be eligible for some loan forgiveness as well. The income limit there is $125,000 for single adults and $250,000 for married couples. And so um, what's really important in terms of next steps for you to take is to think about where your income is for this year. And if you think you're approaching one of those thresholds, it's going to be important that you manage your income for the remainder of the year. We don't know yet whether it's going to be based on 2021 income or 2022 income. My educated guess is that probably will be able to use either last year or this year once those forms come out. And remember, that's adjusted gross income as well. So what that really means is that if you're married below $300,000 or probably less than $150,000 if you're single, you know, given the standard tax deductions and things like that, that people normally take, you're going to be in the ballpark for student loan forgiveness. And so the number one thing you can do right now is make sure you're managing your taxable income for the rest of the year to make sure that you're below those thresholds. So you can take advantage of student loan forgiveness when the forms come out. The other thing, if you're a borrower, to keep in mind is that that it will try to capitalize on applying for forgiveness for people and, and there'll be scams out there. So the, the government has not released the actual application for student loan forgiveness yet. It's probably going to be a few weeks before they do that. So the, the best way for you to get really good information about what's going on in the student loan forgiveness area is to go directly to the Department of Education. You can actually go on their website at ed.gov. So that's ed.gov, ed.gov. Um, 
And you can sign up there to get updates on student loans. And that's where they're going to send the official application for forgiveness when that's made available in the coming weeks. And so if you get anything from other actors or from other parties, just make sure, make sure that it's legitimate information that you're relying on. Don't fill out forms for other organizations. Anything that you get to fill out should come straight from the federal government. And you'll be sending it back straight to the federal government, to the Department of Education to, to manage your student loan forgiveness if you're, if you're in that camp. All right. So let's turn to the other topic, which is sort of the policy implications of this. What does it mean for those saving for college long term? So Forgiving student loan balances creates a significant perverse incentive for colleges and universities. It may feel good for us to forgive student loans short term, but I think there's going to be some really negative long term effects. The goal of the government should be to create an, an environment where individuals can acquire education at a price that is economically rational. Reasonably priced education supports long-term economic growth. Forgiving student loan debt sort of does the opposite because it encourages colleges to charge more than free markets and economics would support for education because students can borrow more and they can hope that that debt will be forgiven down the road. So it's sort of like a free experience that everyone can just freeload off of and that's not good for the economy long-term. Ultimately, what happens is it results in higher taxes as the burden of college gets shifted to taxpayers long-term. It also makes college more expensive, not less expensive. And so like I said at the beginning, our view is that while the policy may feel good near term, and it may even help some folks that got in over their heads into student loans for for degrees that, that didn't necessarily pay out, it's going to make college more expensive long term. And that's actually going to hurt people that are struggling to figure out how to pay for college. And so long term, it's probably not a good policy decision. But one of the things that has been in the media a lot the last day or so, and I've gotten a lot of questions on this too, is, is whether this is going to have a significant impact on inflation in the economy. We did a little bit of a little bit of work on this, and I think the answer is the impact to inflation is it's going to be minimal. According to the Department of Education, there's 29.3 million student loan borrowers that have less than $40,000 in outstanding debt. This is in our view, the impact of the economy into inflation can be pretty minimal. A lot of the stats that are thrown out there are, are done with averages instead of actually looking at the data from the Department of Education on student loan balances and how those are distributed. And the thing you've got to remember about student loan balances is that a, a small number of large balance a small number of large borrowers own the majority of the debt. A lot of that is for expensive graduate schools, law schools, medical schools, business schools, all those kinds of things. In a large part, those debts get paid. They turn out to be good investments and they're not problematic. But there are there's 29.3 million student loan borrowers that owe less than 40,000. So when we think about the impact to inflation in the economy, the question is whether or not the money that was being directed to student loan payments is going to flow back out into the economy at large and drive up the price of other goods. And to figure that out, it's important to look at the number of people that are actually going to have money back in their pocket that they will spend. So there's a couple of things that we have to do to look at that. The first is to figure out how many people are going to experience debt forgiveness in a way that's going to change their spending. According to the Department of Education, there's 29.3 million student loan borrowers that have less than $40,000 of outstanding debt. In our view, that's the population that's going to see their, pal their balances and payments drop by a third or more. If you've got a larger balance, if you owe larger than $40,000, your monthly payment might go down a little bit, but it's not going to change by more than a third. 
your spending behavior is probably not going to be all that different. If you've got $40,000 or less of outstanding debt, then you're getting a third to a fourth of your student loan debt wiped away. That's pretty good. You've got to look at the at the income of borrowers, uh, regardless of how much debt they have outstanding. If if you are in the top 25% of income earners, a relatively small change in your student loan payments every month is not going to change what you go buy. And so if you adjust for those factors, we estimate that there's probably 22 million borrowers and those people collectively are going to have about $16 billion that they can spend every quarter that they didn't have before. And that sounds like a lot of money, $16 billion. But consumer spending in the U.S. is around $17 trillion every quarter. So you got to add a lot of zeros to that billion dollar number to get to $17 trillion. And so that incremental $16 billion only adds up to 0.09%. So nine one hundredths of a percent to consumer spending. In a normal quarter, consumer spending goes up or down by about three tenths of a percent. So it's less than a third of the change to consumer spending in any normal quarter. So it's it really is almost a rounding error. It's hard to imagine it's going to have a really significant direct impact on inflation when inflation is running north of 7%. So does, does government spending and borrowing increase inflation in the margin? It does. But do we think that this action is directly going to create a lot of inflation the second half of the year? No, it's not going to create a lot of inflation. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's great policy for all the things that we talked about about the beginning and perverse incentives, but we don't see it as having a huge impact on inflation. So in summary, special episode, if you have student loans, if you are a borrower, one, make sure you're getting information on the student loan program from reliable sources, manage your taxable income so that you're below those thresholds so that you're eligible for student loan forgiveness, and then go to the Department of Education website, sign up there to get information to get the actual loan forgiveness application when that gets developed in the next couple of weeks. And and don't fear too much about a significant inflation impact from the bill. It doesn't seem like that's going to be a factor. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on The Six Figure Investor. Commentary provided is for general audiences and educational purposes only. It should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice for your specific situation. That's why you should talk to a professional. Hello. Past performance of market results is no assurance of future performance. All the information in the podcast has been obtained from sources we deem reliable as of the date of this recording, but it's not guaranteed.